Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh Dear respected listeners For the purpose of today's nasiha inshallah ta'ala We will take a look at some of the ayat of Surah Al-Imran Which relate to a few incidents which occurred during the time of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Looking at the first ayah, ayat number 71 of Surah Al-Imran Allah ta'ala says Ya ahl al-kitab, O people of the book لِمَا تَلْبِسُونَ الْحَقَّ بِالْبَاطِلِ Why do you confuse truth with falsehood? وَتَكْتُمُونَ الْحَقَّ وَأَنْتُمْ تَعْلَمُونَ And you conceal the, the truth knowingly. So Allah Ta'ala is addressing the people of the book that they are intentionally confusing the truth with falsehood and concealing the truth. That's the first ayah. Another ayah Allah Ta'ala says وَقَالَ الطَّائِفَةٌ مِّنْ أَهْلِ الْكِتَابِ a group from the people of the book will say and they will tell their friends that believe in that which was revealed to the Muslims in the beginning of the day. Meaning that you, you outwardly profess to be a Muslim at the beginning of the day and at the close of the day then now you negate what you said previously and you make you utter states, statements of kufr and you deny the existence of Allah and that Islam is the true religion. So in the beginning of the day you'd profess to be a Muslim, but later on you'll change your mind. In order that they return. So they will pretend merely to lead Muslims away from deen. They will pretend to be Muslims merely to lead other Muslims away from deen. In the uh, Tafsir book, Ruhul Ma'ani, it is mentioned that this is referring to the Jews of Khaybar. And they had decided on one occasion to pretend to be Muslims and later on, during the day in the evening, to declare to the Muslims that they had pondered over the scriptures and consulted the scholars and decided that the deen of Muhammad Billah, is false. And that the and that oh you Muslims you should rather revert to Judaism, and uh, in this way Muslims who consider Jews to be learned would be dissuaded from Islam. So initially they're going to act as Muslims, and uh, this is a ploy which people even uh, put into practice today, where they'll initially act as Muslims. They'll win you over until you are accepting of them. You trust them and then they'll place doubts in your mind regarding Islam. So this is the second ayah. Keeping this incident in our mind, further on in the very same surah, Allah Ta'ala mentions in ayat number 99, Allah Ta'ala says, قُلْ يَا أَهْلَ الْكِتَابِ Say, O people of the book, لِمَا تَصُدُّونَ عَنْ سَبِيلِ اللَّهِ مَنْ آمَنَ تَبْغُونَهَا عِوَجَوْ وَأَنْتُمْ شُهَدَاءِ Why do you prevent the believers from the path of Allah? Seeking some distortion therein while you are witnesses. And uh, the Sabah Nuzul of this ayah, as according to the book of Tafsir Durul Manthur, is that a man by the name of Shas bin Qais, who was an old Jew, uh, an old Jewish man, he had harbored great enmity for Muslims. And he once passed by a gathering of individuals from the Aus and the, Khajr, and the Khazraj, the two main tribes of Medina, who were, as we know, who were at war with one another for many years until 
the arrival of Rasulullah sallam, where he put a stop to it and they now lived in peace amongst themselves. So these two tribes, they were engaged in a discussion and uh, knowing this man, Shaz bin Qais, knowing that these two were bitter enemies for about 120 years until Islam came, he really detested their reunion. And uh, he summoned a Jewish youngster to sit with them and to remind them of the previous conflicts. And he even recited a few couplets with regard to Yawmul Bu'ath, which was an extremely furious battle between the tribes and where the oath was victorious. So the youngster did as he was told and he managed to incite two people from either tribe to start a physical fight. And that was the spark which lit the fire and each tribe was now alerted and uh, from Harra uh, a call of war was made and people started to gather and the Aus and Khazraj were ready to start fighting with one another, the entire tribes. So when Rasulullah heard about it, him together with some of other Muhajireen went and admonished both tribes for returning to the acts of Jahiliyyah. When the Noor of Islam had entered their hearts, how could they now revert to these type of actions? So these are some of the few incidents from Surah Al-Imran. And now inshallah ta'ala will try and take and some lessons and learn some lessons from these ayat. So from the above we learn four main points. Number one, that it can be that the Ahlul Kitab, the people of the book, will want to sow discord and place doubts in the minds of Muslims. Number two, there will always be certain groups from the Ahlul Kitab or from others or from any other group, whether they might be amongst Muslims as well, who will confuse truth with, with falsehood. They will present truth in such a way or they will present an article to you in such a way or an Islamic book to you in such a way that will leave you doubting Islam. So that is the second point. The third <clears throat> is that there are those people whose scheme is to befriend you just on the pretext of being well wishes to Muslims but whose only desire is to lure you away from Islam. So the objective is never to be a true well-wisher of Islam. The objective is something more sinister, but you do not know it as yet. So we should be very wary of, of, of people we meet of this nature. And the fourth would be that there will always be people whose only desire is to sow seeds of, of uh, dissent and hatred amongst Muslims. So now that we've learned these four points, now that we've heard the incidents mentioned in the Holy the Ayat mentioned in the Holy Quran and the incidents or the Asbab al-Nuzul of these Ayat, what do we do? Number one, the first thing that we should do is that we must understand that Islam teaches us that if there is some type of beneficial knowledge in terms of this dunya, then by all means we can learn from everyone. So if, for example, somebody wants to learn a DIY hack of YouTube, for example, something to do to fix something around the house, by all means, by, there's no need for you to go to a sheikh or an alim to ask him how to fix my cupboard, for example. And uh, the Sahaba would do this as well. They would learn from other people, from other peoples, whether Muslim or non-Muslim, if it had something to do with relating to dunya. 
But when it comes to deen, when it comes to, to our Islam, we have to be extra careful. This we cannot learn from anybody. This we have to learn only from reliable sources. So we understand that these, there are many groups who would outwardly seem to be well-wishers and try their best thereafter to lure you away from deen. Our Ustad in Madrasa, he would mention that there are many Orientalists who would write an entire book on the sifat of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi on the qualities of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi or on Islam or on Sirah just to include one sentence of doubt or kufr in that book or in that article or phrase it in a manner to create doubt in, in the mind of the reader with regard to, to, to their deen. And uh, they were extremely successful in doing so because due to their efforts, they succeeded in getting many Muslims to also join this group where people would be more uh, secular Muslims, if you want to call them. They do not have any uh, uh, relation to Islam other than on a very academic level. And at that academic level as well, there is no practice of deen and there are many doubts in their minds with regard to Islam. And this was because of many of these people who, who, uh, who, who used the same ploy of acting to be well-wishers or acting to be true Muslims only to dissuade and to create doubt in the minds of Muslims. And the last thing that we can do, and before we end off, uh, is that we should be very vigilant when it comes to learning our deen. Or when we pick up any book on Islam, before we read the book, read about the author, the background, the background of the author before reading a book, so that you may know where this person is coming from and what are the objectives of writing the book. Very importantly, we are all living in the digital age where information uh, is available to mankind like never before. Never in the history of mankind have people seen or read so much of information. When they speak about an information uh, overload, is really an understatement. So during this, period, during this time, we have many internet molvies, as, as you would call them, where uh, a person would be lured into a very attractive website which might not be uh, something hosted by a Muslim or a well-wishing Muslim. It might be a non-Muslim, it might be a Muslim, or might be somebody with uh, a different understanding of Islam, for example. And if and, and we are unsuspectingly, unsuspectingly read the information on these websites or try to find out something about Islam, and we are in actual fact being led astray by, 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 these, by, by some websites. So be very careful where you are learning from, where you are reading, understand, the, see the, check out the article or the website before going in and delving into the, the, the articles on the website. And if you are unsure, ask a reputable alim in the locality to guide you in your quest for knowledge, and inshallah ta'ala, you will be guided in the correct way. And if you do this, inshallah ta'ala, you'll be saved from falling prey to the enemies of Islam. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to grant us the ability to put what has been said into practice, to understand the Qur'an, to draw lessons from the Holy Qur'an, and to guide us, and also to keep us on the straight path. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to accept our efforts. Wa akhru da'wana, and alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen.